You're listening to 515, The Ultra Podcast, the show that invites you into the lives of people who make up the Ultra family. Here's your host for these conversations, Larry Ryan. Thank you, MJ. Steve and Gene King have just made it home to Penticton from the Ultraman World Championships after a few flight delays. Steve has been nice enough to call in a post-race report to share all of the highlights from this exciting return to the Big Island. Hi there, this is Steve King reporting on the Big Island's Ultraman World Championship for 2022. Three days of exciting racing and some incredible performances and some disappointments, of course. And day one being a very tough day, probably the toughest with that 10K swim and 90-mile bike right up to Volcanoes National Park. And it turned out to be out out of the 39 starters that day one would put pay to uh, the goals of eight of the athletes that were hoping to finish all three days, unfortunately. But uh, the tough conditions on the swim uh, meant that some swimmers were well over five hours. And the final swimmer was out of 551.42. But the lead swimmer, interestingly, 55-year-old Vancouverite Barry Berg led the way with uh, just four other swimmers, in fact, inside the three-hour mark. Uh, uh, they were Ryan Rainier, Didi Griesbauer, Rob Gray, and Leander Cave. Rob Gray, a past champion. Uh, Didi held, holds the world best set in Florida. Leander Cave, who's a four-time world champion at Ironman, 70.3, long course and Olympic distance. Steve Keller, who's won uh, Florida and Arizona, he was six out, three out four, 17, and just seven seconds back of him was the pre-race favorite, Richard Thompson of Australia. Now, 20 minutes into the swim, Richard was the leader, but he had a torn rotator cuff at that point, so he was in serious pain for the rest of the swim. When it came to the finish after the 90-mile bike as well, uh, we had had some issues there. Two, two of the athletes, in fact, that we know of, uh, uh, took a wrong turn. They went long instead of uh, uh, making the first right-hand turn, so they had a lot of extra time added to their time. However, at the finish line on day one, Rob Gray was the leader with an overall time of 7.32.13, just 14 seconds up on Dee Dee Grisbow. Richard Thompson, who had the fastest bike split of the day at 4.38.53, uh, was about 11 minutes, four seconds back of the lead at that point. And Stephen Keller was a further uh, six minutes, 33 seconds back at that point. Interestingly, John Grail of Vancouver, he was at 8, 19, 34 total time. He was in fifth place. And Barry Berg at that point was in sixth position. Uh, two-time women's champion, uh, Tara Norton of Canada, she recorded 8.49. Now, she found herself in seventh position at that point. And uh, Antonina Resnikov of Israel uh, and Leander Cave, they filled positions 9 and 10, both just seconds inside the nine-hour mark. Le- uh, I don't think uh, Leander was happy about that. She was one of those who, who went long, as was Jamie Harris, a two-time winner in Florida, who found herself in 13th place at the end of uh, day one. Day two... Uh, quite tragic in the sense that um, two of the athletes, uh, two of the pre-race favorites as well, had major crashes. Uh, Rob Gray uh, went down and so did uh, Barry Berg, the leader from the swim. So that was horrendous because, uh, again, they were two of the uh, main athletes that we would have liked to have seen fighting uh, for a top position on the podium. Uh, There were a number of flats on day two as well, but the first person to the line was Richard Thompson, did a 7.34.05. 
Dee Dee uh, was actually at 7.56.02, but got a six-minute penalty. And so her time became the second fastest uh, ever by a female for day two. But she broke the record, by the way, for the bike on day number one uh, by recording her time, and uh, that was a 4.42.34. That was 14 minutes, 56 seconds faster than any female has done that before. John Grail. Uh, was just, uh, I think, in fourth position at that point with an 8.20, but Stephen Keller was our third rider of the day. He had a flat. I know he was just 11 seconds over eight hours. Antonina finished in fifth place, 8.35. Uh, Rodrigo Vasconcellos uh, was 6, 8.47. Uh, Tara uh, was uh, seventh at 9.03, and then around the 9.20 mark, uh, Leander came to the line. So things got, really got dramatically changed as a result of uh, the bike courses, and obviously those crashes made a big difference. But when you look at the times, Didi was just 16 minutes and 7 seconds off the pace of our uh, leader. Uh, 31 minutes, 40 seconds off the pace of our leader was the man considered to be the best runner in the field, and that was Stephen Keller. Uh, but there was 15 minutes 33 between he and Didi as well, for, vying for second and third. But Didi at that point had cemented a win, all being well on the run, because she was two hours and uh, four minutes up on the second-place female, being Antonina. Now, when it came to the, the day three, the double marathon, it was an amazing start. Uh, Richard Thompson just blew right out. He did a 5.36 first mile. But once they got to the half marathon, there was a gap of uh, about a, a two minutes and 25 seconds, I believe. Uh, Stephen Keller had made a bit of a move then over Richard. Antonina was in third place. Alejandro Rivas uh, was in fourth position at that time. And uh, Didi was in seventh position, Leander in ninth. And I believe uh, Tara was in 17th. So positions were changing quite considerably at the marathon mark. Stephen Keller did a 3.06, Richard a 3.12, Antonina a 3.35. Alejo and Didi were pretty much tied at 3 hours 42 minutes. Uh, Leander just around 4 hours uh, and Tara 4.18. But when we got to the finish and got to that final half marathon, what was interesting is things had changed quite considerably uh, from the one and a half marathon mark onwards because Richard had reassumed the lead at that point, but just by about a minute and 14 seconds, we were there to witness that. Antonina was the next person to go through, but she was 32 minutes back at that point. However, both Richard and Stephen ended up walking quite considerably in the last 10 miles or so. Uh, Richard ended up being the only person to go sub seven hours. He did 6.55.15 to finish with a three-day total of 22.13.38. Stephen finished at 7.21.58, so it shows you how tough it was on him in the latter stages. So he finished with a total time of 23.12.01. Antonina was next at 7.24.48, so she became in the top five overall for the run portion of the event. She was just inside uh, 25 hours, uh, less than a minute inside 25 hours, but that turned out to be a new record in the women's uh, 40-49 division by 36 minutes and two seconds. Uh, but next up, Didi had a blinder of a run and a PR, a big PR for the run portion of the event. And uh, I, I believe it was around 26 minutes faster than what she ran in Florida. Did a 7.48.29, set an overall time of 23.22.58. And what was wonderful was to see just how much ahead of the record she was, the overall women's record, that is, uh, by 44 minutes and 13 seconds. But we have to remember that she is 52 years of age 
And she not only took third place overall, there was just 10 minutes and 57 seconds between herself and Stephen Keller after the th three days. But her record in the 50 to 59 division was by five hours, 30 minutes and 21 seconds. Fascinatingly, too, when you look at uh, the top three in the women's division, because for the men, it was Richard Thompson, Stephen Keller, and then John Grail, who was fifth overall, but took uh, the title in the men's 40 to 49. He was delighted with that. But then you look at third place over at four-time world champion Leander Cave. Uh, she did around 26.54.11. And behind her in that uh, uh, ninth position was uh, Tara Norton. Now, Tara's a two-time winner here. But fascinatingly, she's off the podium, but, uh, but still did her fastest ever time by 44 minutes with a 27-12 clocking. So things turned out to be quite amazing in the end. Uh, there were uh, 28 overall finishes. The Honu finisher, meaning the final person, was Miguel Madrid Lopez of Spain, recording a 34-14-31. Yeah, I would like to mention, too, you know, at the end of day one, I think it's important to recognize how gutty some of these people are. We had a number of people, as I mentioned, eight, uh, not, who weren't able to finish inside that 12 hours, but Asir de Luz of Brazil carried on. He did 12.04. Armando Armelini did 12.09.55. And then he, he did go out and ride on day two and run and finish as well on day three. And his goal had been to do all four of the Ultraman members of the Ultraman family in the same calendar year. So, in fact, he actually did that. It's just that his uh, over 12-hour time on day one meant it wasn't an official finish. But uh, Ariel Gorga of Argentina, he did 12-19-23 as well. A feature I would like to mention, by the way, is the fact that Gary Wang of the U.S. finished his 20th consecutive uh, event at the Ultraman. He began his career uh, in 2001, and he's finished every year that we've hosted an event. So amazing stuff. It was a 15th Ultraman finish for Juan Crivera. He's pretty much done all the events around the world. So we were delighted with how things unfolded and a lot of very happy people, uh, but also some uh, sadness as well as a result of, you know, the intricacies of this race. You never know what's coming at you. You have to expect the unexpected, and that certainly happened. Thanks again, Steve, for filing that special report for us. It's great to fill in some of the gaps of the stories that we were watching on Facebook from the man who was right there on the course with the athletes. There were a lot of interesting stories that played out, as they usually do at these ultra races. And unfortunately for some, they're leaving the island with unfinished business. But I'm sure they'll be back again. Thank you for listening to this special edition of 515, the Ultra Podcast. Hey, if you liked what you heard today, please tell a friend and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We'd appreciate it if you'd rate and review the show while you're there. Drop the names of the people you think we should interview and we'll get in touch with them and make that happen. Thank you for listening to 515, the Ultra Podcast, a production of 55 Enterprises. Now really, go. Go subscribe now before you forget. <laughs>